You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Well, none of us likes to imagine it. You're married, a couple of kids, life is cruising along in the busy lane, and boom, you get that call or that diagnosis or any number of things that we label the unthinkable. And that's exactly why we don't think of them. Yeah, I've told you, Bonnie, I don't think people are going to want to listen to this episode. <laughs> so if you're listening, congrats to you. Yeah. Okay. Just hang with us for a minute because it's we're actually going to give you some really practical advice and you just do it really quick and then you don't have to think about it anymore. But oh. if you don't think about it on the front end, it's it's so hard and tragic as we'll see. Yes. Later on, we'll talk about it more exactly. in more detail. But, you know, we say these vows at the altar till death do us part. But we imagine that scenario is always some vague future distance away until it's not. Until it's not. All of a sudden, you're in this scramble at the very worst, most emotional time of your life. Um, Nobody wants to think about like, well, how am I going to pay the mortgage if something happens to my spouse? What about my sophomore's college plans? What the heck is the password for that investment account? Yeah. I always meant to write that down. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, and... Uh, back in season one, episode 25 of this podcast, we talked about being part of the sandwich generation. That's that time of life where a lot of us are caring for both young children and aging parents. Well, if you're in that situation and you become more responsible for somebody who's elderly, you start to realize all that information that you need access to health insurance information, financial records, accounts, passwords. If you go to a doctor's appointment with your parent, you kind of need to know what meds they're on, what their copay is, and some medical history. So in this episode today, we're going to talk about what you need to know and have on hand to be more prepared for the worst. You can't be all the way prepared, but at least you can be more prepared. That's right. That's right. So we'll let's, we're going to break this down into seasons of life. So let's talk about young single adults, young married couples, when we were first married. Yeah, why should you even think about this then? Right. Well, when when we were first married, we didn't have a lot. Who does, really? Right. Right? Maybe one shared checking and savings account. We each had a car, and we had a really small life insurance policy. And I was the more organized one, so I paid the bills and kind of monitored the money situation and knew roughly what the budget was at any given time. But we didn't have our cars in both of our names. We each had our own car that we brought with us from being single. And we just had that one insurance policy on my husband. And we were similar. We had one checking account, one little tiny savings account. We had rental insurance for our apartment, but we didn't even have health insurance. Yikes. And I will never forget the (laughs) phone call when David's dad happened to ask him if we had health insurance. And we were like, you know, we're just winging it for these last six months of school, one year, whatever we had left. And he slightly freaked out and paid for a few month policy to get us to graduation, just in case I got pregnant or we ended up in the emergency room. Right. Or something. Catastrophes. Because that can happen. We, I was just, we were blissfully ignoring the possibility that something like that could happen. 
Yeah. Even good things like having a baby, which is a blessing. Right, right. But yeah, not being prepared for it. So yeah, so I paid the bills during those years and um, until the tipping point when I like had a freak out with my second child, which refer to episode whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when I talk about that many and, of them actually. and David that's right and David took over but um typically there's one person who manages these details in a relationship yes usually the type a mm-hmm. one and the other one's just kind of happy to follow along mm-hmm. which is okay that's great yeah but I'm thinking about so I did used to do this and so I'm thinking but David's done it for the last 20 ish years and mm-hmm. so would I know where all these things are here 20 years later just because I did it you know the first leg of our marriage do Mm -hmm. I do I know now where everything is that's a good question I'm glad we're doing this episode Bonnie yeah I mean it it's just something something you need to think about yeah so right so something happens and and that person too the follow-alonger has to take over and all of a sudden and then you ask all the questions then you have to know uh uh-oh where's the birth certificate and where's what uh, the health insurance card and what's the code how do I get onto this computer um how do I get onto their phone yeah (laughs) their email anything um so I just a lot of you know about four months ago I guess I just lost my dad um and I'm I've been the executor of his estate so I've been walking through several of these issues and a lot of my friends have recently lost their parents and they're walking through a lot of these issues um in the world of COVID there's a heck of a lot of us who've experienced loss. Um, and all of a sudden you're faced with, you you know, in this very emotional, very hard part of your life, you have a lot of paperwork. And I didn't know <laughs> that death and loss comes with so much paperwork. But your basic funeral is going to run you about $10,000. If you have life insurance, great, that can help pay for that. If you don't, Many of us in America don't have $10,000 laying around to shell out for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And and when we were young, a life insurance policy was so cheap. Like 5 or $10. Yeah, a month. Now uh, it's more like $30 a month still. That's very doable. Yeah, don't go to Starbucks five times in a month and you've paid for your life insurance policy right. each month. So even if you are just married... And you just want to have the basic whatever, you know, if something happens to take care of each other, it's worth it. Just do that. And you did this cool thing, Bonnie, which made me feel like an unprepared mother. But (laughs) well, that wasn't my intent. (laughs) But this is a cool this is a cool thing. And you call it the box of very important things. Tell me about that. Yes. So as each of my kids has left home or gotten married as part of their launching, um, you know, as parents, we keep all the stuff and we have all the files and all the papers. Um, but as part of their launching, I have made them what they each have is a box of very important things. And I actually write that on there in Sharpie. <laughs> so there is no question right. what is in this box. Good, good. So it includes files. And at first there's not very many, but at least the very basic one of them is identif- identity information like um, passports, social security cards, birth certificates, health records. Okay, good. Okay. Second thing that it's in there is file on financial information. So by that time, maybe they've had one or two years of, of past taxes. That's going to be in there. Um, their FAFSA information, because a lot of times, at least in my kids' case, oh, they were going on mercy. to further school, and that was their responsibility. <laughs> Thank God oh, I didn't have to do it anymore. Oh, I know. Set me free. Um, any kind of bank account information, savings accounts we might have had for them, 
all of that and the access to it is in there. Um, then three, they each had renter's insurance, which you said you had. We did. We did not at first, but boy, I sure learned my sister um, in college had her house, her apartment broken into and lost all kinds of stuff. Had another friend in college whose uh, apartment burned down. Had nothing but his backpack and his bike. Oh my. So renter's insurance is literally like $100 a year mm-hmm. and it covers everything. And you think, oh, we don't really have that much, but you try and go replace that and you have a lot more than you think. So they each have a renter's insurance policy. It also covers stuff in your car. Like if your laptop or um, something is stolen out of your car, that's covered too. So every college student that needs right to there. have that for their dorm room. That makes it worth it. Every yeah. college student, every young married. And um, then I also say it's also a good idea to take a little video. Yeah. Just walk through your apartment, open yeah. all your doors and drawers and cabinets and take a video of what you have. Because if something happens, you're not going to remember Oh yeah, there was that ring that I had and there was the um that special piece of china I had. You're not going to remember that. Just put it on video. And then let's see, four health insurance information and then any other important access information like AAA or um if they happen to have scholarships. So that's their box of very important things. And they just keep that and add to it throughout your life and eventually maybe it grows to a whole filing cabinet, but just the basics. I love it. And then you you had explained to them if you take something out of here, put it back. If you get something else important, this is where it goes. Your marriage license, your other insurance policies, your car titles. Or like you can get a safe deposit box at a bank, which what is what David and I did back in the day. But really now, my kids are getting just fireproof safes. Yeah. Which are easy. Just, you can yeah. find those most anywhere. Amazon, Walmart, anywhere. Yeah. And, and just, just have it at home. And just it, ours started off as just a little... Um, box with a flip top lid and then we're like oh hey we're real grown-ups we need a little bit more space yeah <laughs> it was like the hanging file you know uh, fireproof box and you go from there so right and I know most young adults kind of roll their eyes at that and just like oh why do I need all this stuff but give them about a year on their own and they'll realize why they need it as you all do as an adult because everybody you call is going to ask you for all this information absolutely absolutely so I did this great job for my kids but I wasn't so scrupulous about keeping things in order for my own house because I was still the one who knew where everything was um and a year after Bob and I were married my mom passed away and I watched my dad sift through all these mountains of paperwork with her they'd been married about 30 years um so I guess in my mind I was still thinking well I'll just that's the kind of thing I'll worry about later right? Mm, mm -hmm. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that to your spouse. Yeah. So, you know, I just said when we were very first married, what we did, but once we had a child and I was staying home with her, we increased my life insurance because if David had to replace me, which I've also mentioned, I think on our podcast and we, as his income grew, we would increase his life insurance policy as well because Mm -hmm. I wanted enough money to pay off any debt we had, which would be the house and, and then have some to generate interest income that I could live off as well. And then we talked about, okay, who's going to take the children? Uh, You know, if something happens to them, which you do not want to think about. Exactly. Um, And so we took my brother and sister-in-law to dinner and we're like, would you take them if something ever happened? Mm -hmm. And when they agreed, we put that um, into a will, which we had a friend who was a lawyer and just, we just drew up a very simple will. But my husband, who's a financial advisor, um, I was asking him, 
you know, not everybody has a friend who's a lawyer who can write up a will for them um, fairly cheaply. He said there's thing, there's actually forms online. Oh, yeah. Super you easy. access to just do the basic kind of thing. Like a boilerplate template of a will. Mm-hmm. You can get on there today mm-hmm. and download it. And then things change. So as the kids got older, you know, when Emma turned 18 and we were doing some international travel together, mm-hmm. we thought, oh, God forbid, if something happened to both of us while we were traveling, what would we do? Um, we made Emma the guardian of Houston in the will once she hit a legal age. Okay, so you can you that. can specify that. Write you that can, right in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can just write that right in there. And we, we changed that um, as they got older. So, you know, my parents modeled this for us. They did such a good job when they would go and um, meet with a lawyer or and, like, update their will. Or maybe they were going to the funeral home to prepay expenses mm-hmm. and things like that then they go out and do something fun like they go to lunch oh, at yeah. this really nice restaurant <laughs> or go out to nashville at night or something just to like you know celebrate that hey okay we did that and let's go enjoy living life together now right which is always a great way to reward yourself dangle that carrot in front of you yeah you gotta to do something stupid done. like pay all your taxes then go have fun <laughs> that's right then go have fun yeah I'm all about the carrot instead of the stick. Same kind of thing. Well, what you just said is actually one of the reasons that we did not go ahead and make a will at the beginning because we could not agree on what to do with our kids if something happened to both of us. Mm. So we did not have one until our kids were over 18. <gasps> I know. Wait, what? I know because we could. that was the thing that we couldn't agree on. Wait and a second. That's I, stupid. I was, I'm not good enough for you, by the way. You were like, out of state. You can't, you can't no. trust me with your children. You were out of state at the time. Disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. I mean, which family member, you know, and if it wasn't going to be family, then was yeah. it okay to leave it with a friend? It was, we just went round and round about it. So because we couldn't agree, we did nothing, which is the worst thing mm-hmm. that you can do because. You could do everything but that particular topic. Well, like you sure. Could, you could, you could have drawn one up and. Yeah, but I think anybody that we would have settled on would have been better than foster care or the state mm-hmm. taking over and making mm-hmm. that decision for us. So do not leave that to chance. That was that was a big, big mistake that we made. And that is something my husband pointed out to me when we were talking about this. He said, if you do not name guardians, the state will name the guardians for you. Do you mm-hmm. want a judge who doesn't know you or your family deciding that? Right. For like, your traumatized children yes. who are in the middle of the worst time of their life. So no. go ahead and choose. Yes. Yeah. Make that easy and seamless for whoever is left, for sure. Goodness. My husband also said to be sure that um, as you're drawing up the wills and you've got these life insurance policies, make sure the beneficiaries are listed You know, at your bank. You yeah. can list a beneficiary for the checking account, uh, for your investment accounts, your 401k, your IRA, your life insurance. Yes. There's a, there is a story, not one of his clients, but he did hear about a story of a, a man who had been divorced mm-hmm. and he had failed to update his beneficiary to his current wife and his oh. ex-wife <laughs> got a ginormous well, that was nice of him. life insurance policy. <laughs> That's real nice of him. So, you know, if you have that kind of situation out there, maybe your parents, you know, have that situation, double check that. Yeah, that's an easy phone call or you can go online for most of these situations that you were talking about. And for sure, I learned that with my dad's estate that not only have beneficiaries, like you would have your spouse as a beneficiary probably in our case, but then we would also have secondary beneficiaries. So if something happens to me, 
Bob's going to inherit or vice versa. If something happens to both of us, then it seamlessly goes to our children 50-50. And you can specify the percentages as well. Um, and it does not have to go through the court system that way. It just goes right to them. So the more so accounts or insurances or investments you can do that on, and you can do it on all of them, do that for sure. So, And you also mentioned in your research, you were talking about a power of attorney. Yes. And again, I turned to my husband, I'm like, we have that, right? <laughs> I have a vague recollection of us doing this. And he's like, yes, Renee, one's in the lockbox and one's on file with the attorney. And I was like, I, I am so like convicted that I did not know these things before we were planning this episode, Bonnie. Well, he knew it all, but I didn't know it. Right. So because I told you I did that with my kids, they had the box of very important things, but I have not done that with us until four months ago when my dad passed away because my dad's second wife died as well. Um, gosh, and this has been, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I watched him again go through that whole, oh, I have to find the passwords and I have to find the account numbers and I have to do all this. But I think I was that much older that I thought, oh, this is not such a fun thing. It went on for years. Oh. Like it takes years of paperwork to figure all that stuff out. Um, so he very, very kindly made this book of important things um, for me to leave behind. And it was just tabs of all the things I needed to know. Here's what the steps you're going to have to walk through. And truly it's been, I mean, yes, it's taken some time, but it has been so easy. And wow. I, I was convicted for that same reason. I'm like, Hey, we're going to have one of these, bo <laughs> these books. We should have had one years and years ago. Here's where it is. Um, just this month I've put it up in the cabinet and everyone knows where it is. My kids know where it is. They know what's in it. And Bob has said several times, you know, if anything ever happened to you, I would have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know now I don't want any excuses yeah yeah so the the power of attorney is just another document you need to have on hand another one of those things you can go online and print out for free um depending on the state you're in they you can just specify the state and it'll print it out for that state it authorizes you to handle somebody else's financial affairs in case that person is incapacitated so they're in a car accident or they're you know some mm -hmm. very bad illness or something happens. Um, so that enables you to still be able to pay bills from the accounts, but it also lets you sell things. If you have to have horrendous bills and you got to sell the house or you got to sell the car that is in both of your names, you can do that with power of attorney and it ends at death. Wow. So it's just another, um, paving the way kind of document that makes things a lot easier for the people who are left. But you got to know where it is. Right. Because we had friends who they had a power of attorney, but when the rubber met the road and they were dealing with a hospitalized parent, the doctor's like, where is it? Oh. You can't, you can't make any decisions here until you show me where that is. And then they went scrambling and they did find it, but you're right. It was a stressful day and a half. Mm -hmm. Dig, 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 look through all the places in the parent's house where it might've been. It's just better to know. Right. Like it's in this book of important things. Here's this box. And you know, my dad over the past couple years has like every time I would go over there, he would say, tell me where you book. <laughs> Where's the book, Bon? Tell me where your book is. And I would have to tell him, here's the book and you know what's in it. And you have any questions about it? He would make me go through it every now and then. You have any questions? Please ask me now. Um, so that there was no question when it came down to it. So 
And I would kind of roll my eyes like, dad, I don't want to talk about that. You're going to be fine. But gosh, I was so thankful at the time. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly where the book was. And and would you say since his passing, how has that been? Um, It's been a matter of, well, in some cases, days or weeks versus months or years mm-hmm. in getting through the inheritance process and filing everything the way it's supposed to be. Huge. Oh, huge amounts of time. Monumental. Yes. Yeah. It took away so much of the stress and everything. I had I didn't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. So, isn't that what you want to give? Yeah. Your spouse and your kids um like yeah, and are in a really high stress very emotional time of life you want I think that would be all tangled up in the grieving it would kind of drag it out if you were having to deal with that over the years um yes it would feel like it was all knotted up because in some sense as I was watching you I see that like there's things you just have to get done and then you have to kind of set your emotions aside mm-hmm. and then once those things are done you can like actually process what's going on and if you're in that constant limbo of looking for things and not knowing I would think that wouldn't give you the space you would probably want or need for sure yeah if you can't (laughs) you can't get access to the life insurance because you don't even know who the policy is with you got to notify somebody well I don't know who our insurance is with and I don't know how to get in touch with them and but gosh I really need to pay the mortgage what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. yeah it brings stuff up yeah or uh uh-oh I just got this email on their account that I finally got access to and now this thing is this bill's overdue well I didn't even know we owed that bill yeah, it can get you into a lot of financial trouble and stuff that you can just easily avoid if you know where yeah. things are and have it all laid out for you. And I mean, don't we all know someone, since we're still talking about like this young married stage, like don't we all know someone who's had a friend or we have a friend who lost someone when they were young? And more than one time I've seen, you know, this spouse who died did not, they were not insured. Yeah. And it created huge upheaval mm-hmm. in the life of the surviving spouse and their very small children right it could change they, the course of the kids lives in some cases absolutely they mm-hmm. could not they couldn't stay in the house they were in they it yeah. was just very traumatic and unnecessarily so had had they just had a little bit of very cheaply acquired life insurance right and it's not just i mean i know as you start out if you have one wage earner Maybe you think that's the only person that needs to be insured. But like you pointed out, um, if you're just, quote unquote, just a stay-at-home mom, that is worth a lot of money. You can't take into account what the childcare would be and what the schooling would be and all of those things. You probably each need a life insurance policy. Yeah, absolutely. When we figured out like, okay, here's what a um, nanny would cost and someone to do the errands for groceries or, or, you know, getting that stuff delivered and... um, and then also, yeah, like, or preschools or things for the children. And then schooling for the children. It was a lot. It was a lot of money. Yeah. But again, fairly cheaply acquired because we were in good health and we were young. Right. And I, I know you don't, people are like, I don't want any money when you're gone. I'd rather you be here. You know, it's not about, it's not really about the money. Mm, it's just about yeah. peace of mind and security. Yeah, absolutely. Every time David, like, re- we does a recheck and we, we bump up the life insurance, he's like, now don't go have me knocked off. Right. I'm worth <laughs> way more dead than alive these days. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry, honey. We're just, like, hitting our stride here. We're having some fun. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yes. So how do you make a big book of everything? So you have one now. 
We do. As as we were talking about this, I said, honey, do we have a big book of everything? He's like, yeah, we do. I'm like, okay, obviously this is a conversation we need to have. So we have this um, big book of everything. It's a big three ring binder and I'm looking at it right now. Flip it and open at the beginning of it in the slipped in the front pocket. We have our will. Okay. Our wills, um, which there's another copy in the um, fireproof safe because you don't want what if your house burns down and your one copy is in your book of everything, right? Right, right. So then we have just like you were saying, Bonnie, we have tabs. We have like personal information. We have our retirement information. We have our estate planning, like like who gets what, you know, which is also in the will. Right. Well, do um, your kids know where this book is? So no. No, they don't. They will now. You will now, children. <laughs> we're choosing a spot. Because I didn't even know where it was. Yeah. Because uh, again, he's a financial planner. He's like super responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tabs for like, um, like you said, passwords and things like that. Yeah. So each of you print your will. This is what this is what you're gonna have to do. And it took, I'll say, doing this over the past uh, couple months, it took me probably a couple hours in two days to get all this stuff together okay. because I'm the one who knew where everything was anyway. Okay. All right. I just kind of had to pull it all together and put it in this little binder like you have right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's daunting sometimes you think, oh yeah, it's got that somewhere and I don't want, I don't feel like look, digging that out right now. Just, just say, take one of those days that's empty on the calendar and say, look, today we're going to assemble this. This will be our day. So print your will and your power of attorney, sign it, have it notarized, mm-hmm. stick it in there. I think it's also a good idea to put in, um, just something written about like your wishes. Which I think we need to do. We haven't really both like nailed that down. And I don't mean like who gets what, because that's in no, your will. But like, but like do I want a funeral at all? Do I want to be buried? Do I want to be cremated? Do I want to I be... I mean, we've talked about these things. We both, I think I know what he wants, and I've told him what I want, but it's not written down. Mm-hmm. And again, you're talking about times of duress. Right. And you're going to have 101 decisions all at once to make in a, at a period of two days. So if you can just pull out something written and hand it to the funeral person or hand it to someone else and say, here you go, it's all written down, then... Do you think they'll let me have my party that I want? Holy cow. You can do whatever you want. I want a party. I want... I will be there. I want appetizers, all my favorite apps. Okay. I'm going to have a playlist, all my favorite music. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be a celebration of life. Yes. Partay. (laughs) Yeah. No dirges. It's not going to be this formal sitting in pews. Right. Yeah. I don't want a hellfire and brimstone sermon no. either. It's all going to be funny stuff. It's fun. Yeah. And I've designated already a couple people who are going to stand at the cemetery in black sunglasses and black with a black umbrella <laughs> just to give this air of mystery. So people are thinking, what's it. going on? I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you probably need to have a list of who to notify, like um, employers, personal contacts, stuff like that. Um, in my dad's case, we had to stop military pay and we had to stop... Re- uh, retirement pay oh, right. um, if they pay that automatically and you don't stop it you're gonna owe it back so that was his first on his list make sure you stop that okay um then like you know the funeral home you gotta know who who that is where that's part of your wishes who we're gonna contact Chosen ahead for that. of time that kind of thing yeah yeah um and that's where you're gonna get your death certificates from and you're gonna need several copies of those and then whoever is specified as an executor, which is part of that will, will walk you right through it, is then going to be responsible for notifying all the banks and all the investments and everybody else um, that this person has passed away. And that's going to start the inheritance process. The court is going to have to officially appoint you as executor. 
It doesn't just happen because the will says so. You have to actually go to court and get an official document that says, yes, you are the executor. Here's your golden ticket. And how do you do that? Do you make an appointment? You have to have an estate attorney that will walk you through that process. Okay. So there are elder law people Mm -hmm. around, um, and that's usually about a couple thousand dollars um, to walk you through that whole process. Well, how do people do that that don't have that? Oh, that's really... That's surprising. See, that's, I just learned something right now. Yeah, I did can not be know expensive. that. It can yeah. be expensive. Um, so if you have a name or number of that law firm or whatever for them to contact, that's great. Put that in there. Okay. They can talk to them and it'll be quicker. And then you want to include all those important documents, copies of them in your big book of everything. Your marriage certificate, your social security numbers, birth certificates, all that stuff. So that should be tab number one. Okay. What's tab number two? Tab number two is about your cars and your vehicles. This is like your titles or the loan info, where are the extra keys located. <laughs> um, and then once you've sold a vehicle, take it off, you know, your insurance policy. And you have a note in here about like even keys to other kind of vehicles, like riding mowers, tractors, locked trailers. Yes. You know, the giant key rings that are laying around and you're yes. like, I have no... Do you really want to be standing around <laughs> trying every single key on every single door? If you could get the little tags. That's what we just ordered. That identify the key. Yeah. David said, I just ordered like tag tags for all the keys and we're just going to have, a, we're going to have them all standardized and we're going to say what they're to because. Yeah. That's a nightmare. It's just kind of, they're all just kind of sitting in it's the kitchen cabinet, like the drawer in the yes, kitchen. Yes. There's loose ones all over the yeah. place. Yeah. That was, that was super helpful. And something we did as well. Okay, tab number three is real estate. Do you own a home? Do you own rental properties? Do you own a business? This is where you're going to put all your deeds, uh, lease agreements, tax ID numbers for your businesses, stuff like that. So sometimes people, this will be a a little tab for you. Sometimes it could be a really big tab. Yeah. Just depends. And then bank accounts, number four. List all your bank accounts, your online access and login info, which most everything is online, right? Right. It used to be we had all these papers and we don't anymore. Yep. Passwords, um, your IRAs, your stocks, your mutual funds. And it's good to go ahead and designate beneficiaries on those accounts. Don't forget about that. Yeah. Okay. Tab number five, insurance. All your policies. We have so many policies. Homeowners. You know, auto insurance, that's Mm -hmm. part of that. Um, We have liability and disability because he's medical. Uh, And then we have several different life insurances because we own a business. So we have to be able to cover the payments of that if something happens. So yeah, there's a bunch. You need to know how much it's for, when it expires, what the policy number is, and what the premium is, and how to get access to it. So if you have that like in a little chart or something, a little table, mm-hmm. makes it super easy to just tick, 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 go through it all and make sure you've contacted everybody and not left anybody out. Whew. I know. It's overwhelming. It's a lot. So imagine if you did not have this laid out for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm picturing couch time, date nights galore, spanning across the listeners doing this. You're like just kind of brainstorming. What do we yeah, need to know? Yeah. Just break it up. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's so, so good to think, you know, then you're done, you're done. And it feels so good. Clarifying, you know, one day I will die. It's clarifying for the moment Yeah. of how I want to spend my time. All right. And then the last thing we have on here, number six is credit cards. Again, all the access info, 
everything from Kohl's to Target's to Sam's memberships, Costco memberships, like all those kinds of things. Right, you're paying annual dues on that, so you're going to keep getting those <laughs> renewals and you're going to have to keep paying them for elderly parents or a spouse if mm-hmm. they were to die. Mm-hmm. So I started doing this after I lost my mom. Uh, so there would be no tension or division over any kind of stuff. And the more you accumulate or keep, the more you leave for your kids to deal with. So clean out every now and then. Have a yard sale. They're probably not going to want your china and your, you know, great grannies, whatever. They're just, they're just nope. not anymore. People are simplifying more and more. So the more you can get rid of, do that. But if they had gone through the house and somebody happened to mention, oh, I love that chair. Or, I really love that grandfather clock. Then I'm probably going to make a note of that in the will. Or just stick a post-it on there. Because I, tr- I trust them to do it. But yeah. Yeah, make sure this is Ben's and this is Savannah's and stuff like that. Somebody, who who was it? I don't know if it was my own grandmother. Somebody I know. Yeah, they just put tape on the back of items. For yeah. Pieces of furniture and stuff. They put people's names on it. Yep. Thought that was funny. Kind of clever. It doesn't mean they have to take it. No, they don't have to You're take it. You're not forced to take that into no. your home. You can say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't really need that. And then you can sell it. That's fine. Yeah. David's mom and dad have been giving us just little things here and there through the years like would you like yes you know these dishes they were the from the lady who used to keep you when you were a little boy and when she passed away we got them because she didn't you know have a spouse or children Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah we'll take those and and use them go ahead and use them right now exactly so more and more in our stage of life I'm doing that too I'm like if you want to use it use it now like don't don't wait until I'm gone. I want to see you enjoying that. Yeah. So you want to take it. I'm not using it. So if you're dealing with the loss of a parent and a lot of older generation folks who've gone through the depression have a lot of stuff. They have a lot of stuff. And my husband would say from based on his experience, because he deals with this a lot. Yeah. He deals with families who have lost a, you know, a family member, usually older, but sometimes tragically young. Mm -hmm. But the older generation um, they have accounts everywhere. They Lots. have bank accounts everywhere. But not only that, like they hide stuff. I know. <laughs> yes. So my my brother, bless him, lost his wife a couple years ago. And uh, very unexpectedly. But before that, she had lost her mom unexpectedly. And her mom happened to be a hoarder. And they had to go through a floor to ceiling home that you couldn't open the door and really even walk through. Um, and your temptation in that situation is just clean it out, like just haul it out and haul it away and get rid of it. But you can't because of what you just said, because that generation stashes things. Oh my. So, um, before you just clean it out in the interest of getting it done and maybe your parent lives in a different state and you only have a weekend off of work and you got to do it quick. Um, I would say wait if you possibly can, because they're going to put stuff in the freezer in a block of ice oh they you could you should look under in the toilet tank before you sell that house because there's jars of jewelry they've been finding in toilet tanks or something taped the to the lid block of something oh my yeah goodness. firearms in a toilet tank <laughs> um in pantries you know everybody hides stuff in the sugar jar or the flour or whatever and that was the first thing we did at my dad's house was okay well nobody's gonna be here you got to get rid of the food because it's gonna go bad right um so yeah you got to look in those canisters and and all that um bookshelves you've seen the spy movies you know how they have hollowed out books yeah or 
just stuff stuck in like savings bonds oh. or municipal bonds stuck into loose leaf pages. So before you just box up every book, shake them all out because you don't know what might be stuck in there. Wow. Like, so you're talking about floorboards or edges where the carpet meets the wall, trunks, false bottoms or under the lining or closets. Of course, closets. As a kid, I had stuff in my closet. Yeah, but not just your closet, inside the pockets of jackets oh, or pockets of trousers. You have to look through all that oh, stuff. Oh, my word. Yeah, so it's kind of a lot. <laughs> it's very overwhelming, but they're really actually good practical tips. And all you have to do is take a couple of days, a week at most, a little bit, a little bit per day for about a week, make your big book of everything and um, tell everybody where it is. Maybe not everybody. Tell the important people where it is. Tell the important, trustworthy people. <laughs> yeah. Here's where to find it. And then forget about it. Yeah. Like like every, until every year when you're changing the battery in your smoke detector or every year when you're doing your taxes, like you said, David's like, okay, here's the big book of everything. Do we need to update our insurance or do we need to do whatever? Mm-hmm. And make that part of your yearly thing. And then you just don't think about it anymore. Then it's just sitting on the shelf in case you need it. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, but we got some work to do. There's some gaps that you've brought to my attention. There's a couple things I still need to stick in there too, but I'm, yeah. But we're on our way. Way better than it was. Yes. And for sure, if you, yeah, if you have kids, for sure you need to do this. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, our executor, when we were really young married, it was, um, it was a good friend. It was a trusted friend from that small group we talked about in another Mm -hmm. podcast. Bobby was one of them. And we, because we knew we could just depend on y'all and. Yeah. The family would be dealing, the, um, the blood family, because y'all were family, our family, the blood family would be dealing with other things. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, they're trustworthy, very level-headed people, and they could help us in a time of distress. Without skimming off the top. Without skimming off the top. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I hope you made it through this whole podcast because I think it's really worth it. And it's something if you have older parents or you are married or even if you're a young adult, a lot of these things are very worthwhile. And I think the majority of Americans just don't have this stuff in place. Yeah. It's an act of love. It truly is a kindness mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. ones that you love. It truly is. So you can find all this excellent information. This is going to be one of our best resources in terms of just going down the article and finding out, okay, here's what I need to do. Spells it all out. It's going to spell it out for you on our website, just askyourmom.com. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, we are Just Ask Your Mom or Instagram, if you're an Instagrammer, at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. Mm -hmm. And we would love for you to rate the podcast or leave a review if you're listening and better yet subscribe so you can get each new monday episode if you have questions or topic suggestions send them to just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next next time time on just Just ask Ask your Your mom. mom